Sometimes when people say things, it cuts deep. Damn, that cuts deep. Hello, our friends, and welcome back to That Cuts Deep. Today, we're talking about money. We are. We've been talking about money all freaking day. And for those of you (laughs) who have been listening to us since season one, um, this is that episode that originally we recorded and it got fucked up. And so we trashed the idea for a while because we didn't want to talk about the same thing. But now we're here to talk to you about it. Um, so basically today, Matt and I have been going on and on about just money in general. <laughs> and I don't know, I guess it was fitting that the money episode beats a day. Yeah, because... Hear me out, friends. I am a pretty stress-free person. Majority of my life, I'm a dramatic person, but I'm pretty stress-free. If you could see my face right now, (laughs) you would know that I disagree with that statement. Well, the thing is, I've been really stressed lately, and it's because of fucking money. I feel like everything in the world is so expensive right now. I feel like... I literally can't catch a fucking break. I feel like every time I turn around, I'm paying rent or paying something. There's something else due. It's just like, I feel like I cannot catch a fucking break to save my life. And it's because money. I'm stressed out because of money. How the fuck do you feel about money? (laughs) Money, literally, I just feel, here's the thing. I feel like I want to make more money. But I guess we can all relate to that. Whether you have a positive relationship with money or a negative relationship with money, it doesn't really matter what end of the spectrum you are in life right now. It seems like every single person that I talk to is struggling with money. It's like a society-wide thing at this point. It's not just Matt's (laughs) fucking terrible with his money. It's like, no, people are actually struggling. (laughs) Well, everything is so much more expensive now than what it used to be. Even like the cost of like rent. The rent here oh used to be way less than what it is now. But I'm, I guess inflation. Good old inflation coming right back to remind us that. Coming right back to slap us in the face yeah. and let us know that life is hard, which I guess we already all knew. Yeah. None of this life Welcome stuff to is that supposed to be easy. <laughs> life is hard. <laughs> ah, yes. Oh, shit. But. I'm going to flip the script for a second, and I'm going to reference back to a simpler time. Mm -hmm. Season one, Alex and Matt, when we created an episode about money, a big topic that we discussed in the probably never going to be heard before episode was that a lot of people say that hairstylists don't make real money. And while I disagree, I think we do make real money. One thing that I have noticed within this industry is that money is never consistent. Like, even if you are fully booked, your st- like your client will still cancel. Yeah, it's and you're like, missing like a gap of money that you initially planned for. You come across people all the time that say, "Oh, you'll never make real money in this industry." You're not like completely wrong. Like, I do make good money as a hairstylist, but the money's not consistent, and it never is when you work. As a hairstylist, if you're not getting paid hourly, if you're getting paid commission, um, as long as you're fully booked, you know, that's great. That's great. Or I mean, (laughs) even like booth rental, as long as you're fully booked, that's great. Right. 
But that doesn't change the fact that your client can call and cancel. Somebody gets sick. Right. And then you're missing. I mean, if it's a color service, you're, you could be missing anywhere from like 100 to $500 yeah. out of your pay that day or that week. Yeah. And if two if two clients get sick, you're out however much more, you know? Right. It's just... And it's just like that fact alone. I, and they do make... I guess you have like policies you can set like if your client cancels within a certain amount of time but at the same time i don't know small town hairstylist like (laughs) i'm not a small town hairstylist but i also understand that if you get sick the right thing to do is not leave your freaking house yeah like if you're sick you shouldn't go to your hairstylist and get them sick but that's the whole reason I don't charge like an inconvenience fee or anything like that because like it's not like you purposely went out and got sick and can't make it to your appointment. Right. I mean, sure, it'd be I think great for me at the end I of would, the day, but I would have a cancellation policy if I had like a repeat offender. Like if I had a client that consistently rescheduled or canceled last minute, that would make me have some sort of cancellation policy in hand, like active for that person. But I think that it's like I actually don't have any clients to consistently cancel, like, at all. Yeah. I guess if that's a problem, either develop a cancellation policy or fire your client. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes you can do that. You're allowed to do that as a stylist. Fire your clients. Honestly, take it from somebody who struggles with that. I have a lot of clients that I work with that I'm like, man, I really would just, like, rather not work with you because you don't respect my time or my craft. But... I'm too chicken shit to say anything because of money. Yeah, because we need to make the money. And at the end of the day, when that client does show up, they're paying you. Yep. They're paying (laughs) you good money too most of the time. It always be the people that fucking take advantage of your time that pay you good fucking money. Yeah, they know they have to. Mm Mm-hmm. Damn right they do. And honestly, talking about like the world and just how expensive it is to live I fully understand that everybody right now is experiencing the exact same things, but I wish that, like, the generation before ours, maybe not even millennials, like, what's before millennials? I'm not sure. I don't but know. But the generation before millennials. Maybe boomer? I don't think it's that close, though. There's, no, like, something I think in there's something boomer. else. Anyways, not that important <laughs> for what I was about to say. But I wish that they understood that it's really, really hard to make a living right now. Like, on one hand, I know that the world was, like, difficult when you were also in your 20s. But the income to cost of living ratio. is fuck. It's, like, compared to even, like, in the 90s, it's so bad. It's so – it costs so much more to live, and the pay has not, like, kept up with that. And I think that has caused a lot of people, especially, like, young hairstylists now. Like, that's why you see less young hairstylists because it is so freaking hard to make it. Yeah, especially when your pay isn't super consistent. I mean – I love what I do and I love working with my clients and, you know, I honestly wouldn't trade it for the world. But at the same time, I make a lot of sacrifices as a hairstylist to benefit my clients because there's not a lot of times where it like benefits me, honestly, to be a hairstylist. It's it's hard to be a hairstylist. It is. But granted, the benefit that I receive is like I actually like my job. Right. Which 
I would say not that big a not that large of a percentage of people can say that they like their career. Yeah. That is one thing that I will say. The years that I have been a stylist, I've usually always loved what I was doing. You know, I may yeah. not always love the environment you that I'm surrounded with. You might not want to go to work every single day, but... But I at least enjoy the work that yeah, I do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's something that... I mean, I think that alone has kept me... That with the combination of my clients is what's kept me in the industry for so long. Or at least behind the chair in the industry for so long. Yeah. You know? Um, and also, the amount of money that you make. You know? Sometimes it's great, and sometimes it's not. Sometimes it is, like, better money than anyone your age could even dream of making. And then sometimes it is, like, people younger than you are like balling more than you are (laughs) and you're out here like there's been literally times recently out here eating fucking ramen noodles like i know everybody's got to do it we all struggle but it's just sometimes as a hairstylist you can really be like up on your shit and you really are in the bag and then it's like next week you got three appointments on your book (laughs) and you're like whoa what, how did that not happen? Gonna work. <laughs> right. Yes. That's not going to work. And and it's like, what do you do? Word of advice. Pre-book your freaking appointments. Pre-book, pre-book, pre-book. Every single client, every single time. Say it with me. <laughs> Even if they say no this time, if you keep asking, they might eventually say yes. Yeah. And if they don't, then they're just going to get annoyed to you. Or they're going to get annoyed and you're going to end up with more clients that want to pre-book with you. Yep. The ones that pre-book with you are the ones that are going to stay because they're pre-booking. Yep. Do that shit. Take it from somebody who didn't. <laughs> now it's time for me. I'm, I'm learning that, though. As I go along in my career throughout the years, I mean, it's taken me long enough. I'm learning that these things, these little small things that just makes such a big difference in your overall career and the amount of money that you make and the consistency. There's just so much that young me would have benefited. And it's not that I didn't really know that information. People would tell me that all the time. It's just that I didn't ever really like absorb apply it, it or yeah. absorb it into my career. And I wish that I would have, because if I would have started pre-booking years ago, I might not even face half the situations where I had inconsistent pay and was like upset with the you amount of money. You definitely wouldn't I was have. If you would have started back whenever you like first started getting really good at hair, you would literally not even like bat an eye right now, except for the cancellations. Because what can you do about those? Yeah, there's other than place a cancellation policy, but you have to have a fully like booked like schedule in order to do that. I think that it's really important as a stylist especially to always invest in your career. If you're ever going to make quote unquote real money, you 100% have to invest in yourself. And I was one of those people that didn't for a long time. I used the same pair of clippers for like four years, four and a half years until I finally got new clippers. And I was like, damn, this, like, it changed my fades completely. Yeah, it changed the game. Your like, fades looked great before, but, like, just the elevation that you can get with nicer equipment mm-hmm. is the difference, I think. And I noticed the same thing. Like, I didn't have mine for quite that long. I used the same pair of clippers for, like, a few years. 
and then I like chipped the blade so I ended up buying a new pair instead of I guess I could have replaced the blade but I just wanted new clippers that's you know? another thing friends <laughs> replace the blade yeah replace, <laughs> just replace the blade <laughs> replace your so clipper blades gosh if I would have just replaced my blade like periodically throughout time I, I probably would have got longer use out of my clippers honestly but I, I got a pretty good amount of lifetime out of them. Do Four they not work? Pretty good. What? Your clippers. My old ones, they still work. I just don't use them anymore. Oh. I probably could, but the new ones, in, in case anyone's curious, I use the uh, the Babyliss Pro clippers. Um, I can't remember exactly which ones they are. I think they're like the FX or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. But they're great clippers. Love them. But before that, I had like the Wall Sterlings and... They're cordless. They're super lightweight, which I loved, but I don't know. They were old reliable. They got the job done, but they definitely did not do was, what I the feel like I noticed the difference in, well, I actually noticed I prefer cutting with a corded clipper. Really? Because the motor is so much stronger. Like the clipper cuts cleaner That's whenever true. it's corded. That's but true. I cut with a cordless clipper because of the convenience of it. And I also use Babyliss. Um, clippers and trimmers and foil and, shaver and their foil shaver mm-hmm. i honestly love all of their barbering equipment i've not used really anything else i guess i've used i have a flat iron by babylis and i've had that thing forever and it's still running so yeah <laughs> i had one i think i'm pretty sure morgan has it now um but i had one that my ex-fiance got for me like seven years ago at like the start of my hair career and that shit still runs and works perfectly to this day yes that's me with mine Uh, she her paint's a little chipped and she she looks a little rough but (laughs) she works fine yeah she's a little used and abused but that's the thing i will say babylis pro has been one of those brands where i have put money into it and i've gotten every bit of money straight back out i of it. mind you we have no sponsorship with babylis like their tools just have been very very good i also had a hair dryer and i still use it personally at home but i use it in the salon for a long time and i really really liked my babylis hair dryer that i had as well yeah they've got great tools as a stylist in general if you're like lost and you don't really know like what brand to go with, I would say that's a really good brand that. And they have okay prices. Yeah, I was gonna say that was gonna be my next point was they are a little bit on the higher end, but it's more of a get what you pay for kind of thing versus like oh my god they're outrageously expensive because they're not. They just you are gonna pay a little bit more, but they're gonna last you so long. Yeah. They have been very long lasting and I've absolutely no complaint. Your foil shaver, literally you <laughs> <laughs> tell the story about that. <laughs> Recently I was about to barbicide all of my tools as one does, and I sat my foil shaver on top of my like pile of things that I was getting ready to take back to barbicide, and I literally barbicided my foil shaver, like the whole thing. <laughs> For like 15 minutes before I realized (laughs) that it was in there. And I took it apart completely and dried everything and put it back together. And I still use it every single day. It works just fine. Still works. (laughs) So like (laughs) they have to be well made. If you can stick an electric tool with a battery in it, submerge it in water and barbicide for 15 minutes and they still work. Yeah. They're pretty well made. I forgot that that happened actually. I know. That was the first thing that came to my brain because I was like, 
none of mine have ever, I've never dropped any of mine, thankfully. Oh my gosh, I couldn't imagine. They're so, they're kind of like on the heavier end. Just in case you're curious, they are just slightly heavier than like a regular cordless clipper. And if those things dropped, woo, I have dropped day. my, really? I think one of them, I think I dropped my clipper, but I dropped it on my mat. So oh. like it wasn't. Did it really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the mats, those mats, I will say they're, they're really nice. They're pretty thick. So I don't think that would have affected your clippers. Yeah. That's another thing. If you're a stylist and you don't have a mat underneath your station. Get one. Girl, dude, you're going to regret it. It makes a huge difference. <laughs> yeah. I honestly, after I worked in a salon that had mats, after working in salons for what, three years without mats? Yeah. I noticed a huge difference in like my body pain and it's just like overall better to be on your feet on a mat instead of like concrete or wood and like just a hard surface for especially for your back like i know so many stylists that have well we even knew one personally that had like sciatica issues and i guarantee it's from because that's exactly the part of my back or like my lower body mm -hmm. that hurts whenever i stand on just like straight concrete or straight wood because a lot of salons are just straight concrete or like straight hardwood floor yeah and that shit if you stand on that long enough repetitively like year after year you are going to hurt yourself stand on a mat or <laughs> purchase a mat yes buy one if you are able please um also and i'm guilty for this and i should take my own advice um but no matter what job you have, please do not wear high heels if you have to stand all day. Yeah, take good care of your feet. For because sure. older you will thank yourself yeah. when you don't have to. I've literally saw stylists wearing like back braces at work, and I'm like, oh my God, I never want that to be me. No, me either. I'm a very fashionable gal. I will say I've worn a heel or two to work. Um, so I'm also guilty, but. Majority of the time, I try to wear something that's comfortable, but also fashionable. Yeah. Something that doesn't have to be outrageously, like, I'm not a fashion over comfort gal when it comes to dressing up for work most of the time. I literally, I was going to say, I don't know. I feel <laughs> like you wear uncomfy clothes more often than you wear anything comfortable. Yeah. That's true. Except for my shoes. My shoes are pretty comfortable most of the time. There's one pair that I wear, and I know you know which ones I'm talking about. They're like the really Western boot style looking ones um, with the little, I don't know, what would you call them? Little jewels all over them. Those are uncomfortable as fuck. Anytime I wear those, yeah. There's, they kind of look know, uncomfortable. If I show up to work and then things, oh, these puppies are like busting out of them things by the end of the day. I'm like over it yeah it's so bad but any any other pair of shoes that i wear are usually also comfortable. i've noticed and i don't really know mind you i'm not a doctor i don't know how this works or why but i've noticed if i wear shoes with no arch in them my back hurts same really? i have to have it that's that's something that i was actually going to mention is that i have to have a shoe with some sort of like arch or like support it doesn't have to be like a full-on heel yeah but it needs to be like my foot can't be like just flat, flat. Yeah. yeah and it may just be the type of foot that i have i may be i'm like you said a, no foot doctor here but like <laughs> <laughs> yeah i feel like i have to have some sort of leverage yeah or just like arch support or just something because if I don't, I literally am limping by the end of the day, which yeah. is it hurts concerning. My hips really bad. <laughs> my hips, especially my left hip, I noticed when I was doing yoga 
for a period of time. I'd, I'd like to get back into that actually. But I was doing yoga for a period of time and every single time that I would do yoga it never failed. The one spot that hurt me the most was like my left hip. Really? Yeah. And I think it's like the way that I stand at work. That's the only thing I can think of that I would have done. Cause I've never injured that side of my body there. So I think it's just the way repetitively that I stand throughout the years. I think I just put a lot of weight on that one side instead of standing like normal. Nobody really talks about that either. You should be standing equal. Like you should be putting equal weight on your each leg on each leg. Yeah. Because I'm literally the prime example of that. My hip hurts me. I have the hip of like a 35 year old and I'm 24. So (laughs) take my advice, please. Yes. Um, also another thing which everyone talks about, but like one thing I would like to work on is my posture. Like I have okay posture. Like I don't feel like I have like any slouch, but Unless I'm, like, sitting down. And I would like to train my body to, like, sit up straight. The reason why we are throwing out advice left and right, just to, like, you know, tie you guys back in, like, make bring this around to a fucking point, is because if you don't do these things now, it's going to cost you money later on. Right? <laughs> yes. And we don't have the fucking time for that shit. All Not right? to mention, this whole morning, like, whenever I came into the studio with Matt, we sat here for hours just kind of, like, talking about life and giving each other advice on different things. And it just felt right to bring you guys into the conversation. Yeah. We were like, all right, it's that's enough. It's time. Let's, Let's go up. ahead and just record. <laughs> yeah. Because we had a lot to say about money. And honestly... I've learned a lot today. (laughs) I hope you guys have too. Hello. That was our take on money and life advice for all you, honestly, most everybody. If you enjoyed today's episode and you're looking for some more behind the scenes content, we are doing so much video content right now on our TikTok and our Instagram. So you can find us at That Cuts Deep and dive into the video content that we're creating over there because... People seem to enjoy it. It's, it's pretty funny. Yes. <laughs> I'll give it that. <laughs> um, on that note, we will see you next Thursday.